But let's go ahead and get started praying to get results. Praying to get results. Well, tonight, our focus is on, and I love this part, chapter 2 says, exchanging petition for praise. Exchanging petition for praise. And so what we have here, we see, and you can go ahead and look at Acts chapter 13 if you want to turn there. Let's look there together. That'll be basically our text for the evening, but there'll be multiple areas that we'll be actually going through in the Word of God. But Acts 13 Verse 2 will be our key verse, and as we look together, exchange petition for praise. Boy, there's nothing like it. When we can learn as the body of Christ to just simply come to God without making a request, just praising him, man, we're going to see tonight how important that is and what it does and how it blesses us and, and how it will bless the church. It's just really phenomenal. And so Acts chapter 13 and verse 2, I'll read it out of the New King James, and then if some of you don't mind reading the translation that you have, and that'll be 13, verse 2. And it says this, this is Barnabas and Saul, they were appointed. And then it said, here, let me just start in verse 1. It says, now in the church, in that church was at Antioch, there were certain prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius, and Cyrene. Menin, who had been brought, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted. Glory to God! Notice this: the Holy Spirit said, "Now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them." Then, having fasted and prayed, they laid hands on them, and it says they sent them away. Oh, man, this is good. Can you see this here? Let's focus on this together. Notice, as they minister to the Lord, it says here, and fasted, the Holy Ghost said. There's something about ministering to the Lord. I, I believe that we have, in, in most of our churches today, have gotten away from ministering to the Lord. And we'll see in this chapter what, it, what has happened and the results of it. And what I mean by simply have gotten away, come on, let's think about it. Most of the time when we come to church, people come to church, they come because they have, they have concerns or they have issues or, you know, it's a lot of times, unfortunately, it's about them. Come on. And so we carry this with us. And we come in and we're wanting the Lord to minister to us. Now, it sounds like, okay, that's great. And, and he wants to minister to us. He, he desires to meet our needs. That's what it says in the word. But what happens is, is we don't really come before God as we really should. And we see how they did in the Old Testament, we'll see tonight, and how they did in the New Testament, just coming and ministering to God, ministering to the Lord, and seeing what happens or the kind of results that come out of just us just ministering to him and not coming, making a petition to the Lord. Now, don't misunderstand me. I believe we should ask. Praying the prayer, prayer petition is simply asking God. It's simply going to him, asking him, Lord, I have a need. I have a need. And all we're simply saying is, is Lord, according to your word, I'm praying that this need will be met. Now, there's nothing wrong with that. But I believe, and as this book points out, that most churches are spending more time with the prayer of petition instead of ministering to the Lord. We come in, and it's like, okay, Lord, what can you do for me? You know the old saying that says, my name is Jimmy. I'll take all you give me, right? And so that's what it's like. And so instead of waiting on God, instead of just waiting and say, Lord, I've come 
this morning or I've come this evening or when you get up in the morning, simply this, I have not come to ask you for anything. I've come to just minister to you. Oh, man. Come on, Lord. Help us to get back to that place. And so let's continue to look here. This is on, would be page one in chapter two. And it says this. I'm going to start where it says we're always petitioning. Do you see that? And so it says we're always petitioning or asking God to do something. And, of course, that's scriptural. But in the scriptures quoted above, those Christians were not petitioning God to do anything. They ministered to the Lord. Do you know that we can minister to the Lord? And what else did they do? They fasted. And as I said before, most of the churches, we're not doing that. We've gotten away from it. But praise God, we've got to get back to it. And then let's go down to the, to the second paragraph when it says, when our prayer, do you see that there on the next page, page 18? It says, when, when we pray, our prayer is primarily a petition. Do you see that? Okay. So it says, reading right from our notes, it says, we're petitioning the Lord to move in our midst, to manifest himself among us to meet our needs. Well, it says, when, when the minister speaks, he's not ministering to the Lord. And, and, and we're all, you know, I'm just saying, we all need to look at this. We're not ministering to the Lord, so we come, and it's like a setup. We come, and we'll set our service in this case. That is all about, come on, about us. You know, okay, I'm going to minister to you, but I'm going to talk to you about you. I'm going to talk to you about your needs, and I'm going to talk to you about how God's going to meet your needs. You get the picture? And what we really should be doing is coming in and ministering to the Lord. And you know what? When you minister to the Lord and you get in that atmosphere, and you get in the presence of the Lord, he has a way of just working things out by the Spirit of God and the power of God. Oh, we've got to get back to those days because we should be longing for that. But then let's go on. And then it says this at the bottom, the last last paragraph, page 18. It says, we know God is concerned about us. Jesus said, said this, our Heavenly Father knows what we need. How many believe that? Yes, he knows what we need. Okay. And we should ask him to supply those needs. And according to the word, He said that he would. Now, let's go to page 19. Let's look at the second paragraph. And then I want you to to turn in your Bibles to Genesis 3. So so I'm letting you know where we're going. It says right here, we need times of waiting on God. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Help us, God. We need times of waiting on God and ministering to the Lord. Times when we're not asking for anything. Hmm. Not petitioning, but ministering to him. Just ministering. And it says, perhaps we're already taking time for this in our individual prayer lives, but what I want to talk about tonight is doing this in the church as a group. But notice this. It says, God can move in this kind of atmosphere. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, our text says, the Holy Ghost manifested himself. Woo! But then it says this. God made man to what? Fellowship with him. Do you see that? Now, let's go over to Genesis then. Let's prove it out. Genesis chapter 3, verse 8 through 9, shows us that when God created man, he created Adam, and it it declares to us that he created man in his image and in his likeness. And we see that because it says over in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, that then God said, "Let let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Well, Now, let's go on to chapter 3. In chapter 3, we know what's happened prior to this, that there's life in the garden, and and then God placed man in the garden. 
chapter 3, we see the temptation and fall of man. But the point I want us to look at is in verse 8 and 9. I'll read it, and I want, want you to read your translation, so get ready. It says right here in verse 8. Well, let's back up. It says, we're talking about, remember when, when the eyes, the temptation fell upon man, and it says here in verse 7, then the eyes of both of them were open. Well, they were open after, it says right here, that the fruit that they ate. So there we are. We've brought up to, to speed where we are right now. And then it says, then, then in verse 7, the eyes of both of them were open, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves coverings. Now here's the point I want to look at, 8 and 9. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden. God is walking in the garden. And then it says, in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord. Wow. And then it goes on and says this. It says, the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Then the Lord called to Adam. And notice what he said to him. Adam, where are you? Now, let me hear what's in your translations. Do you have the New Living Translation? Uh, verse 8 and 9. What is it? Does anybody find the Amplified yet? We're getting there, huh? But here's what I want you to see. If you don't have it, that's okay. Anybody have a different translation? All right. Notice this. Let's go back over this. This is so important. It says here in verse 8. And they heard the sound of God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife, what did they do? They hid themselves from the presence of the Lord. So here's God's presence. God is walking into their lives. He's in the garden, and he's coming up to them to what? To fellowship with them. Everybody say fellowship. And so as he's fellowshipping with them, he's there. But then I love it because, notice, God wants to fellowship with us. And then it says right here in verse 9, then the Lord called him. Man, how would you like God to call your name? Oh, come on. Man, that's powerful. I love it. He's calling them, but he wasn't calling them because he was getting on them. He was calling them because he wanted to have fellowship with them. Fellowship. And what he simply said was, Adam, where are you? So, enough, so to me, that, that this is not the first time that he would visit them. And they knew. They could tell. Notice, they heard the sound. So guess what? It wasn't the first time they heard the sound. So if they heard the sound, then this was a familiar sound. Say familiar. And so because it was a familiar sound, they're walking. God is walking, and they're, like, receiving exactly what they heard. Now, I think this is so powerful. God, listen, we need a fellowship with God. Say fellowship. All right, so we found that out. Now let's go on to, per, to, uh, to page 20. But as you go to page 20, let's turn in our Bibles to Isaiah, Isaiah 40. And, Lord, I'm telling you, what we want to do, endeavor to do, is to learn how to simply wait upon the Lord. Wait upon the Lord. We get so busy. I believe churches today, and even in our own personal lives, because I'm talking about the church, and I'm talking about, you know, as far as individuals. Man, we get so busy. Everybody say busy. I believe that. We get so busy that we've forgotten, if you will, how to wait on the Lord. How to wait on the Lord. How to just come before him without any agenda. How to come before him with our hearts full of gratitude and thanksgiving, and just to simply say, Father, I love you, I thank you for who you are, and I worship you. To come to God without, without petitioning or asking him to do anything for us 
And you know what? The presence of God begins to show up in the very atmosphere. Oh, we must learn to continue to do this. So here we are. Isaiah 40. And what I'm going to do, I gave you, uh, I want you to start at verse 28 with me. But we're going to highlight verse 31. So profound. Verse 28 says this. Are you there? It says, have you not known, have you not heard, the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the weak. And to those who have no might, he increases strength. Glory to God. But then it says right here, even the youth, it says, shall faint and be weary, and the young man shall utterly fall. But verse 31. Oh, I like this. But those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength, and they shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They should walk and not faint. Praise God. Well, let's look at verse 31. I'd like to hear what you have in your translations. That was the New King James. Someone go ahead and read what you have in yours. Verse 31 only. Got to hear it. What does it say? Anyone, not, not all at one time. Mm-hmm. Man, I think that's powerful. Waiting upon the Lord. And when you wait upon the Lord, notice what happens here. If we will begin to understand the purpose of just coming to God and ministering to him and, and not petitioning anything from him, but just, Lord, I'm, just, I'm coming to you today because I love you. I love you. And thank you for loving me. Again, I don't want anything from you. I just want to worship you. Lord, I just want to minister to you. I want to tell you how wonderful you are. I want to let you know how good you are. Oh, come on. And you know what happens? Guess what? Our strength is renewed. Why is our strength renewed? Because the presence of God is in the very atmosphere, just like when he walked in the garden in the cool of the day, come on, when he was visiting Adam. The presence of God will show up in our lives. And, and you know what? When the presence of God shows up in our lives, the things that we try to figure out, the things that we're making a petition and asking God for, the Spirit of God can actually immediately, right then, take care of that need in our lives. We don't even have to ask God to minister to that need or to, 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 to give us whatever we're asking for. All we simply do is get into his very presence, and because of his nature and because of who he is and the power of God, when you, when you leave his presence, you'll find out that whatever was on you and caring you were dealing with, all of a sudden your needs are met. You don't even have to ask him because he's faithful. Just come to him. You know, I, I tell you today, if we came to God and just simply in churches today and said, you know what we're going to do? We're just going to wait on God. Folks will look at you like, what are you talking about? And it's like, well, wait a minute. What time is it? Shouldn't we be doing announcements now? Shouldn't we be doing something else now? Oh, we've got to take up the offering right now, Pastor. Come on, we've got to get all this done. And then aren't you going to bring the word? Did you study? Did you prepare for the word? Come on. I mean, then we're doing all this. When he said, no, let's just wait on the Lord. Let's minister to him. You know, if you want to stand, stand. If you want to get in the corner, get in the corner. But all we're going to do is talk to our Heavenly Father. You know, most people would go, I don't know what you're talking about. That's what they would say. I don't know what you're talking about. They actually would say, I don't even know how to do that. Because for so many, it's become foreign to them. Because, again, we're, every time we come before God, no, we only do it when? When we need something. When we need something. 
But, oh, man, when you pray, I encourage you. As you go forward, even next week and weeks going forward, really focus on this. I'm sure you do it now, but even more so, just spend time ministering to the Lord. Don't ask him for anything. Love on him, and then let him love you back. You will find when you do that, whatever you need, it's already met because he said that he would meet all of our needs. We're in his presence. Well, we find ourselves on page 21 in our handout, our notes, our book. Page 21 at the top. I know this. And, and when we were in Oklahoma, in different places, but mainly in Oklahoma, the, the thing I loved about Dad's meetings, Brother Hagen's meetings, is that we would come in and the praise and worship team would do their part. Man, they would sing. We would have a great time, praise. And then we would get over into worship. But as we went on, got over into worship, there would be times because people are waiting, you know, for the word to come forth. But then there would be times where Dad would just get up. Dad Hagen would just get up and he would just say, let's just minister to the Lord. Let's not do anything. Let's just wait on the Lord. And then he would go, actually, and sit down. Sometimes he would kneel. And then we all would just begin to wait on the Lord. And then what would happen, you could sense, as we waited on the Lord and as we worshiped God and we began to talk to God, it's as if the momentum, as if the Spirit of God just ushered into the sanctuary. And then all of a sudden, without anything, you know, set up, without anything orchestrated, people began to cry out to God. People began to talk to God and thank God. Why? Not that he said anything, not that Brother Hagen, Dad said anything, because God was in our midst, and he began to meet the needs of the people. People would get healed. People would start getting answers to questions. They needed to make decisions about life, and, and the Spirit of God would begin to reveal things to them. And you know why? Because we learn how to wait upon the Lord. Don't get such, in such a hurry. Don't get such a hurry. Because I, have, I believe this, top of page 21, it says, I'm sure this, he says, we miss a lot. We miss a lot. We miss a lot of what God has for us because we don't take the time to get into an attitude of worship and minister to the Lord. Oh, thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord, that it's our desire here to get into an attitude of worship, that we're not in a hurry then the presence of God will come in. I know. I know because we all you know because you've experienced. Well, let's look at an example of others. Let's go over to the New Covenant. Let's look in chapter 16 of the book of Acts. We are going to find here that Paul and Silas actually also experience waiting upon the Lord. Man, this is good. And it says here that just as we're getting there and you're turning there in Acts 16, that you know Paul and Silas what happened? They were arrested. Well, they were arrested in Philippi, and they had gone to preach the gospel, and they were thrown in jail. Well, here they are in jail. And as they're in jail, the jailer was charged to keep them safe. So that was his duty. And then it says here in verse 24, I just want us to go there, so let's look at verse 24. Really, let's, let's do this. Um, yeah, because we can speed up. I don't need to read 16 all the way through. But just verse 24. Notice this, what it says. It says, having received such a charge, because they were told to be quiet, 
okay? And then it says, having received such a charge, they thrust him into the inner prison and made their feet fast in the stocks. So here they are, not just in the, they weren't in the outer prison, they were in the inner prison, and they had shackles, if you will, on their feet, and they were bound and locked up in prison. Wow, man, I wonder what would happen to some of us if we found ourselves in the inner prison, in a dungeon. What would we do? Would we cry out to God? Would we cry out to somebody? What would we do, right? But let's continue reading. Then it says here in verse 25, this is good. But at midnight, say midnight. Oh, glory to God. But at midnight, Paul and Silas, what were they doing? They were praying and singing hymns to who? To God. Were they singing them to one another? Were they singing to the jailer? Or how about all those that were in jail? No, they set their focus and their attention upon God. They could have been griping and complaining like many do. What am I doing in jail? I was doing what, the, what God you told me to do. I was preaching the gospel, and I can't believe I find myself here, and they're griping and complaining, and they beat me, and it's late at night. I got these stocks on. God, where are you? They didn't do that. I love what, they, what it says here. But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying, singing hymns to God, and the prisoners, notice, were listening to them. Verse 26, come on now. Suddenly, thank God that we need a suddenlies in our lives. Suddenly, there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were open and everyone's, everyone's chains were loosed. So, so someone, if you don't mind reading, 25 through and 26. Someone read that for us in your translation, please. Glory to God. See, what were they doing? They were praying and singing hymns to God. Were they focusing on their needs? Now, they wanted to get out, right? They'd say, yo, look, we're, we're fasting in these, in these stocks. Sure, they wanted to get out, but they didn't focus on getting out. They didn't focus on their needs. It said what they did, they began immediately to what? It says right here, at midnight, they were praying, and what were they doing? Singing hymns to God, to God. Today, let me share this with you. Today we go in many churches, and I will tell you only about us, that we do not sing songs here that are talking about we're climbing up the rough side of the mountain. Been there, done that. We don't sing songs around here that we're wandering through life, wondering how we're going to make it. You know, and sometimes you have to listen to what you're singing. Because there are songs, it's like there is no life in them songs whatsoever. And people are singing them, and they're like, why are they singing this song? Because it's a song as if I'm defeated, I'm beat up, how am I going to make it? But then it says, oh, God, but you are good. Come on now. No, we don't sing those kind of songs. We sing songs that should be ministering to the Lord. That's what we should do. The problem what happens in most services and churches today, when they come in, we, we've lost again. We've lost that. And we've got to get it back because we're focused on people around us. We're focused on our issues, if you will. And, and we're, we're trying to, to, we want the praise and worship leader to get us moving and really get us going when we should be coming to church and ourselves ministering to the Lord. 
ministering to the Lord. Look what happens when you minister to the Lord. We already have precedence. We see this is one, and we're going to read more. But this is one we talked about. They began to praise and worship God. Everything that had them bound, everything that was connected to them, everything that was holding them back was loosed. Come on now, because they began to praise and worship God. What will happen to us? Think about it. There's people who say, well, I don't know, man. I don't want to come to church. I don't know what, what, you know, I don't know about that music, and I don't know about this, what they're going to be preaching, and I don't this and I don't that. I will tell you what, the devil's a liar because they are allowing themselves to be, be defeated, beat up, and run down by the devil. They would come into a church and rather sing something about woe is me. Come on now. Are you, are you with me? Instead of singing songs that ministered life, or let's say this, singing songs that minister to the Lord, we sing those kind of songs that minister to the Lord. If those songs we're singing are not ministering to the Lord, I say, don't sing them no more. We're not singing those songs. We don't want to sing songs of defeat. We want to sing songs that worship to God, I mean, that worship God. So when we get over into the worship part, I mean, we're praising God and thank God, but when we get over into the worship side of the, of the service, everybody in their own way, should be worshiping God. Not looking around. Who's worshiping? Oh, I don't like this song. Well, wait a minute. It's not about liking the song. We've missed it. See, it should be about worshiping God. It should be about our own selves. If we want, if we want God to move in our lives, just like Paul and Silas, they weren't focusing on being in jail. They began to look to Jesus Come on, the author and finisher of their faith. They began to look to Jesus. They, they, they trusted God, you see. And when they did that, things began to happen in the very atmosphere. The anointing of God came in that jailhouse. And the results, I want you to see the results. Because sometimes we'll just think, oh, glory to God, look what happened to Paul and Silas. But you know what? There's more. Everybody say there's more. Well, let's continue to read then. Let's look what happened. Verse 26, suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of prison were shaken. And immediately some of the doors were opened. Wait a minute. I thought it was just Paul and Silas' door was open. Do you see that? All. And it says all the doors were open and everyone's, not just Paul and Silas, so you see this, everyone's chains were loosed. And the keeper of the prison awakened from sleep, seeing the prison doors open, supposing the prisoners had fled, drew his sword out. And he was about to kill himself. He wasn't going to kill them. He was going to kill himself. He's like, oh, no, everybody's gone. What are they going to do to me? He's going to kill himself. And then he goes on and says, but Paul called out with a loud voice. He says, do yourself no harm, for we are all here. Don't hurt yourself. We're all here. And when he began to, to, to see that this is a demonstration of God's power in effect when you praise and worship him. Then he called for a light and ran in and fell down trembling before Paul. Why? Because he's seen the demonstration of God's power. Oh, listen, family of God, we should be able to see and sense, come on, and experience the presence of God and the power of God in our services. But one can't just come ministering. Two just can't come wanting to minister. We all should come wanting to minister to God, wanting to let him know how much we love him and how much he's wonderful and been wonderful to us. But then go on. Let's go on. Because a lot of times we think it's just about us. Let's continue. Bottom line. It says right here, verse 29. 
He called for a light, ran in, fell down, trembling, Paul and Silas, and he brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? Glory to God. In that very atmosphere, not only with those chains that, that are binding you be loose, but also God can move and salvation will come to the house of those, the heart of those who are here, present. Can you say amen to that? It's powerful. Oh, that we would just learn to minister to the Lord. Just minister. Not get caught up in our own thing. Well, let's go on. It's, it's the, whole, the whole chapter is phenomenal. Well, let's go to Luke. Let's go to Luke's gospel. Let's go to Luke's gospel. Luke 24, 50 through 53. Oh, man, this is so good. Because what we want to see is that there's a, a characteristic of the early disciples. And, why, and, and how have we lost our footing, so to speak? How have we today in the local church, how have we lost our footing to where that, that which should be our, our model, our example of what the early church did, what has happened to us? Because this is a characteristic of the early disciples was their continual praises, say continual, continual praises to God. Well, so here we are, Luke 24, continual praises. It was, this wasn't a one-time thing. Well, we're, read, we're reading verse 53, 50, verse 50, excuse me, and we're going to go down to 53. And it says this, and he led them out as far as Bethany, notice, and he lifted up his hands and blessed them. So we see that this is the ascension of the Lord, Jesus and what happens is he talked to them about the promise of the Father, and he told them to wait, tarry in Jerusalem, but he's leaving now. Verse 51. Now it came to pass while he blessed them that he was, he was parted from them and carried up into heaven. But notice what happened after that. Come on now. Listen, did they go, oh, what are we going to do? Jesus is gone. What did they do? You see that there? And they worshiped. And they worshiped. And they worshiped. They worshiped him and returned to Jerusalem with, with some joy. Great joy. And were continually, not just one time. Well, if you know what? Let's get together. Okay, we're only going to get together one time. And so let's do this because, you know, uh, uh, you know we don't know what's going to happen. So let's just, let's just do. No, this says continually. They got together all the time in the temple. Praising and blessing God. Amen. Oh, man, that's good. Even when Jesus is leaving, they didn't say, oh, no, how are we going to make it? He taught them. He instructed them. He gave them the word. And they began to worship. Well, I love that. Now, let's go back. Or let's go over. You see that? Let's go over to Acts. I want us to go back to Acts or over to Acts because we were there before. And I want someone to read for us. I'll read what I have out of the book. But be ready to read Acts chapter 2, verse 46 and 47, please. And I want to hear different, different translations, if you don't mind. That would be very helpful and would be a blessing to us. Now, we find ourselves, we notice in the second chapter of Acts, verses 46 and 47. Let's see. We're talking again, like we read here, about gladness and about worship and about honoring God. It says in verse 46... And they were continuing daily. Can you say daily? With one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart. Verse 47. This is good. 
praising God, praising God, and having favor with all, listen, with all the people. They praised God, had favor. Why? All because they wanted to worship, worship God. And then it says, and the Lord added to the church daily, such as should be saved. Oh, come on. I don't believe, and we know, we, we know this. We don't have a word problem because we have the word. Are you with me? Churches are teaching the word, those who are teaching the word. All right? We don't have, listen, the church is worshiping God and, and the songs are life-giving and really honoring God. We don't have a worship problem singing songs. What I believe the issue that we have and we're missing is that we have a problem within ourselves that we have not gone back to what has got us to where we are today and learning how to simply wait on God and worship him and honor him because of who he is. And see, we're always like, God, do this for me and do this for me. But we come in with our own agendas. I'm talking about as a whole. The body of Christ and not learning that when you go before God and you begin to, to praise him, we around here, we begin to praise him. We begin to worship him. Look at the results. It says the Lord added to the church daily. To the to church daily. So what is the issue here? I will tell you, for most of us, it's all about us. We're more concerned about what's in it for me instead of worshiping God. Can you imagine can you imagine that if we would all come and just understand this, understand how important it is to praise and worship part of the service, how important it is? And during that time, and it can be extended on how we just worship him. Man, I tell you, if we would get a hold of that, we would begin to see things change Listen, dramatically, drastically. However you want, what words you want to use, it would be awesome because people's lives would begin to change. They would begin inviting their friends and says, man, I tell you, when we get in the very atmosphere of worshiping God, man, my needs are being met. Not only that, I'm healed. Man, not only that, but God is answering questions in my life. And you know what? Also, people are getting saved. But nope, what happens in a lot of churches, well, let's see. I think I'm going to just... Well, I don't know. I'll just come in whenever I come in. I'll just, when I come in, and I, I'll, just, I'll just sit down and just wait for the word. And you know what? Many people like that are living a defeated life. They're living a defeated life and don't even know it. Because here's the thing. They're looking for man to meet their needs. As the minister, as the pastor, as the praise and worship leader, every one of us, and as the congregation, we should be ministering unto God. That's what we should be doing. And if I'm only, if I'm only taking you to a place where all I'm talking about is your needs being met, I'm doing you a, a disservice. We should be talking to you, ministers, praise and worship leader, and even ourselves amongst one another. Man, let's worship God. Isn't he good? God is so good. And you begin to understand that when you're in that very atmosphere, things begin to change. Say change. And they will. They will. But notice, notice this, the expression it says here. As we look at verse, as we look at, at verse 46, it says this, with gladness and singleness of praise. Listen, singleness of what heart? Praising God. The people that come to church and they're just flat out mad. Mad. 
because things ain't going right for them. Come on now. Come in. Well, I'm just I'm going to come to church, but I don't know when these things are going to turn around for me. I'm just going to come in. They act like they're sitting down on God, but it's not. They're not hurting God. They're hurting themselves. They're hurting themselves, and they're robbing. We're robbing each other of the opportunity for God's blessing and anointing to come into the house of God so that we can be ministered unto. There's so many things that are going on in people's minds. This is the whole point about learning how to wait on God. I've got this. I'm trying to do this. I've got to do this. And I've got to earn this. And I want this. And if I do this, then I'll get that. And oh, man, you know what? Oh, man, it's been a long week. I'm so tired. And just stay home. Let me come to church. And you know, during the week, that they're not praising God. During the week, they're not worshiping God. But we can turn on that TV. Come on now. We can watch that ball game. We can watch our favorite show. Oh, hold on. Don't, don't, don't call me right now because my show's on. Give me about an hour, brother. I'm available. Instead, we can be using that time to worship God for an hour. Mm-mm. Nope, nope. Then we wonder why where the church is at today. Then we wonder why, what's going to make a difference. But then we look at man and we look at leadership in the church and we point to them and say, you're the problem. When we're the problem as a whole, you listen to me, as a whole. So I'm just sharing with you how important it is to worship God and to learn how to practice, as we would say, the presence of Jesus. Learn how to get in the presence of God. Learn how to get your needs met. Well, let's look at our last point, and I'm going to move on. Turn over with me to 2 Chronicles chapter 20. This is where we're going to stop for the evening. 2 Chronicles chapter 20. This is so good because we will begin to see. So we have it. We have it Old Testament. We have it new. We, we, we've seen it. Here's a great example again. So let's go back there. 2 Chronicles. We're going to look at chapter 20. Specifically, verse 21 and, and down to 22. But notice this again, what happened when Paul and Silas were in jail? Everyone's, listen, their bonds were loose when they did what? At midnight, they just simply began to uh, praise God. Deliverance came. Deliverance came. People are going through so much now. They're right, man, how am I going to get set free? How am I going to, Lord, this is just too much. How am I going to make it? It is so hard. And instead of running to God, they run away from God. Man, let's run to God. Let's worship God together. Well, let me turn over here. I just love this. This is very familiar, and you know it. You've read it before. And so we find ourselves in Second Chronicles chapter 20. Well, to bring us up to speed, we're not able to read the whole thing. But we find here that Ammon, Moab, and, and all of them are at Mount Seir. And what happens is Jehoshaphat, he, and they're attacking them. And it says here in verse 5, because we'll get to 20. I just want to read this. I have this highlighted because I love it. In verse 5, are you there? Let's start there. It says, then Jehoshaphat stood. Because you see what's happening is there's confusion that's come in. What are we going to do? They're coming up against us. How are we going to defeat this vast army of people? Well, then Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judah in Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court. This is what he said. O Lord God of our fathers, 
You are not God in heaven, and do you not rule over all the kingdoms of the nation? And in your hand there is not power and might so that no one is able to withstand you? I mean, frustration has set in. Do you see that? Then it says here, Are you not our God who drove out the inhabitants of the land before your people Israel and gave it to the descendants of Abraham, your friend, and says, you're, you're forever? And they dwell in it. Let's continue. And it says right here, and have built you a sanctuary in it. Oh, man, he's just going on. Sounds like some people you might know. Are you with me? Listen to this. Let's go on. And then let's go down to verse, let's read here in verse 11. Verse 11 says this. Here they are. It says, rewarding us by coming to throw us out of your, your possessions, which you have given us to inherit. Oh, our God, will you not judge them? For we have no power, oh my goodness, against this great multitude that is coming against us, nor do we know what to do. But our eyes are upon you. Do they really sound like they're upon him? No. It's griping and complaining, isn't it? Now all Judah, with their little ones there, wives and their children, stood before the Lord. Notice this. Then the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel the son of Zechariah, the son of Maniah, the son of Jael, the son of, however you say that name, that's the son, that's the son, there it is, of Levi, of the sons of Asaph. In the midst of the assembly, he said, listen, all you of Judah, you inhabitants of Jerusalem, and you King Jehoshaphat, thus says the Lord to you, do not be afraid, glory to God, nor dismayed, because of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Oh, I like that. But then he begins to show them and share with them what they have to do and gives them a strategy on how to gain the victory. Now, we can read all the rest. You can. Fast forward, verse 20. Notice this. So he tells them what to do. So they rose early in the morning, and went out into the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and you shall be established. Believe his prophets, and you shall prosper. And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed those who should, what? Sing to the Lord. And who would praise, come on, the beauty of his holiness. And as they went out before the army were saying, notice what they were saying, praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. 22. Now, when they began to sing and to praise the Lord, listen, the Lord sent ambushes against the people of Ammon, Moab, Mount Seir, who had come against Judah, and they were defeated. Glory to God. Notice what happened. Because they began to worship God. All because they began to not petition. Because, you see, they were petitioning before. I mean, come on, belly aching. God, where are you? How are we going to get out of this? They're too much. They're too big. We're not going to make it. And then the presence of God shows up, speaks to them. Don't be afraid. Gives them a strategy, just like he gives us today. But notice what he said. Wait on the Lord. Praise, worship, honor God. 
get into the very presence of God. And when they did that, listen, when they ministered unto the Lord, all they said was praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. And look what happened, how the power of God was dispensed, ministered not only for them, on behalf of them, and they didn't even have to fight. I said they didn't even have to fight. Oh, man. Come on, Lord. The Spirit of God moved upon that young man, and he, and he prophesied. My question for us today is, Lord, help us to see the importance of waiting upon the Lord. Help us to see the importance of not coming before you and, and, and only thinking about what's in it for us, only thinking about petitioning before you. Let us come before you, Lord, and exchange our petition for praise. Man, what kind of results would we get? Think about it. So let's do that right now. Let's take a few minutes, if you don't mind. And right where you are, I just want us to just to just to begin to to praise the Lord, to, just to begin to worship him, just to begin to minister to him. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Father, we love you. Thank you, Lord. We honor.